0: Yep. So November and December, and then we're finished with the year and we start to 2022. That is going to be a tongue tire <laughs> It's 2022. Oh. Imagine the kids that are going to live in 22 22. 22 on the 22. Well, let us pray. If you just joined us online, I don't know if you've joined us yet. We are doing our woven meeting tonight, and we're going to get into the Word, but let's pray first, Father, we thank you for tonight. I give you praise and honor and glory. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that destroys yokes and bondages and sets captives free. We speak into this atmosphere that the anointing of God is available to destroy yokes. The anointing of God is available to do the work of the ministry. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst. Thank you, Lord, that you'll show us something we've never seen. Let us hear something we've never heard from your presence, from your word. Holy Spirit, minister to us in this place and to those watching no matter when this happens. We thank you, Father, for this time together at your feet that you can teach us and show us your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So if you have just joined us online, I think we just went on. I will share this. There we go. I'm talking to myself. I can hear my voice. I'll share it with you guys. And uh, let's share it live at Woven. And so today, uh, the word I have for us tonight is the word pretense. A pretense. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't work. Pretense, but it's not us pretending. It's, I think it's the S-E. Okay, pretense. It's not us pretending, but it is don't be caught by the pretense of others. This is how the Holy Spirit worded it for us to talk about tonight. Don't be caught by the pretense of others. And so this is a very interesting topic, and because the, the devil works in deception, we all know that, that's how he started off. You know, his introduction to the earth was deception. Yeah. Like, think about it, like the way, the way the devil is introduced to us in the Bible is in Genesis, the same place that God introduced himself. Adam and Eve and all of creation is in Genesis, right? Well, in that same place, Satan is introduced to us as a deceiver that uh, introduced lies to the earth. Before that, there were no lies. But as soon as he came on the scene, he brought with him the package he carries, which is lies. And the reason he lies is because his first act was a failure. His first act th- to take power, to be like God, it was a failure. And I've heard, um, I think I heard uh, Robin Bullock say this, but his he really wanted to be in the image that God created man because we are made in the image of God. The angels aren't. We are. So he wanted to be one of us, and he couldn't. Boom. So. Either one, it doesn't matter. He wanted to be something God didn't make him to be. He was rebellious just from that. So rebellion, so there's a chain here. There is a chain effect that we should be aware of. Rebellion leads to lies, and lies are designed for deception. It doesn't matter if somebody's lying to you or if you're lying to somebody else. You're trying to cover something. You're trying to remove the truth from the record. Right? So this is deception and lies, lies, support deception. You're removing truth from a record. Think about that. When I'm teaching this tonight, don't think of this as you being the person I'm trying to point out to not let these people be advisors in your life. Because the only information they can give you will cause you to go down this path, right? So you have to be the one to watch out for Like Eve, it was Eve's responsibility to watch out for her own response to this, right? So rebellion leads to lies. Lies are the backbone for deception. Because think about it, when a child doesn't want a parent to know something, they're trying to remove the truth from existing, (laughs) putting their own thing in there, their own truth. That's lies and it's deception. When an adult does it, it's the same thing, same exact thing. So when we, the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way they should go. These are some of the things we should look for and train it. We train them by giving them the truth about what these things are so that they don't participate in it. You know, because the environment would support this, but the word of God doesn't. So when we're training, again, we're not punishing, we're training. If we're the trainers, we have to introduce the truth to this concept, not punish when it comes to a child, not punish them for participating in it. Do you see the difference? Because remember, they don't know all the stuff yet. They're learning, but they're picking up from their environment something. So when they're exhibiting this, it meant they picked it up from an environment, and so we have to correct it. Isn't that what Jesus did? He came and he taught. Adam and Eve picked up from picked up from their environment this. And then when Jesus came to fix it, the second Adam, he started going about teaching and preaching, healing all, you know, and um, healing all those who were oppressed of the enemy. So when the enemy, okay, so when the enemy is involved at all, pretense is present. Anytime the enemy is involved. Pretense is present. Now, this is why, uh, see, this is why you have to separate your belief system from the emotions of your relationships. So what I mean by that is, your belief system should drive the building of your relationships. Okay? So whether you want to be accepted or rejected, that's an emotional response. Right? They like me, they don't like me. That's an emotional effect. But when you have, when you build um, relationships from your belief system, it is you're building a relationship based on what you believe. This is what people know you believe. So in other words, they wouldn't come to you and ask you for some, to be something that you don't believe in. Does that make sense? So, you, So they already know that about you. So whether they like the belief system or they don't, it's their choice because this is what you believe. Now, what the devil will try to get you to do is to mix the two, is to mix your emotions with your belief system when it comes to having relationships. Because if the devil himself walked up to you, you will not even give him time of day, wouldn't even let him speak in his raw cell, He has to come through relationships. You won't even let a stranger tell you what to do. But you'll listen to somebody who you have a relationship with. A couple of reasons why would be because you feel obligated to. Another way would be just simply because you're trying to be nice uh, as a human or because you could even trust them because you have a relationship with them. So you trust them that what they're saying is true because who has time all day long to be vetting everybody every day? So there's some relationships you don't vet anymore because you, you had a relationship with them, right? But we we still have to keep an eye. This is where we have to listen to the Holy Spirit because we have to keep an eye to see if that person is letting themselves themselves be influenced by the deceiver. We can't just assume they're not, right? right? And the reason is because the devil will always try to come to people around you to get to you if he can't get to you directly. So in the case of Jesus, we saw how Peter, Jesus literally said to Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Like, wow. Jesus separated that emotional feel good he had with Peter for what his belief is. His Jesus's belief system was he was here to die on the cross, rise, ro- get, you know, be risen again for the salvation of mankind, for the freedom. You, you understand what I'm saying? So If Jesus had sided with what Peter was saying, he would have forfeited his assignment with his words. Imagine Jesus forfeiting his assignment by his words when none of the pain was even inflicted yet. Imagine that. That's what the devil would... Do you see? Do you realize that people give up their assignment from God? just by their words, when they haven't even done any of the work yet for the assignment. So there's no, they haven't even done anything hard. But the hard part is they couldn't get over saying no, or saying leave my presence, or get thee behind me, or that's not what God says for me. For some people that's harder to do than to actually do the work of whatever the assignment is. Well if that's the case with you, you have to find the pretenders. There's some pretense going on in your life around you that you that it's a cover up, right? And you gotta find the pretenders and you gotta take care of it spiritually, right? So I'm gonna give you scriptures that have the word pretense in them. Um, from the amplified version and you could look it up i'm generally speaking to the subject and then there's one set of passage i want to read in in completion that we'll read so first peter two in the amplified and you know it doesn't have the verse here just look up first peter two in the amplified you'll see it somewhere but here's what the verse says so be done with every trace of wickedness depravity malignant that's a long word, Uh, yeah, and all deceit and insincerity, pretense or hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind, so there's different types of evil speaking, Mm -hmm. evil speaking in general is speaking against what God says about anything, that's evil speaking. So you remember the children of Israel, when they ha- relieved the bad report, God called that report the evil report. So that was evil speaking. A bad report was evil speaking, right? Like newborn babes, you should crave thirst for earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow onto completed salvation, since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the lord that's first peter two did we figure out what verse it was one one and two there you go that's why it didn't show up first peter two one and two okay then in malachi chapter one and verse 10 again in the amplified it says oh that there were even one among you whose duty it is to minister to me this is god talking Who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar to no purpose or an empty, futile, fruitless pretense. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hand. So people going to the altar to give to God, basically coming to worship and doing all this stuff and it's pretense. God's saying, just don't even do it. Don't do it. I I, I don't want to accept it. So what I'm saying this to you is this is how God treats someone that is pretending. This is giving us an example of how we should behave towards people who pretend. Right? And it is a very uncomfortable thing to do when you have an emotional relationship with them. And so... (laughs) <laughs> especially for women. Women are expected to be all um, warm and fuzzy all the time. And when you are not, it can offend. So if, if people, when people get to know me, they realize I'm not all the time. But the only reason you would know I'm not is if you decide to be pretent- pretentious <laughs> or lie, I will stand right there and tell you you're lying. And that's just all it is. You understand what I'm saying? So, but the thing is, the one thing that you know, my dad talked about me, and you know, and Doug would say about me is like, you, whatever it is, that's what it is. Like Fiona doesn't pretend stuff. <laughs> this is what you get. But the thing is, what the world has done, it has set up people who are truthful, direct, and don't put up with lies. It's it's labeled them. As rude, arrogant, you know, disrespectful, don't care about people's feelings. That's how the world sets it up. So then everybody self-adjusts so that they're not rude, disrespectful, hurt anybody's feelings. But some, the feelings you should hurt, it should hurt when a pretender is caught. It should hurt really bad. And you should not apologize for it. That's the key. You should not have to apologize for it. Um, it's It's a difficult thing to do because a pretender is not usually rough. They're very nice and like luring you in with the smiles and the good deeds and all this stuff. And so you have to be the one to differentiate. Like the Holy Spirit will show you though. Like don't just go jump on somebody and say you're pretending and lying. The Holy Spirit's the one that tells you. You remember Ananias and Sapphira? To everybody else in the church, these people bring in an offering, right? To Peter, who the Holy Spirit spoke to, they're lying. And they're lying to the Holy Ghost. So for Peter to sit there and know this information that the Holy Spirit told him, right? And still accept it without saying anything, wouldn't he then be aiding and abetting the people who are lying to the Holy Ghost? But yet everybody would have accepted him just fine. I mean, like, who wants to be the member of the church that you go to and your pastor said that you are lying to the Holy Ghost and the person drops dead? Like, how's that for invitation to church? (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? It's not exactly what a normal human behavior would be, but it sure is how God operates. And this was New Testament. This was smack dab in the middle of Acts when, all the, the, when the Holy Spirit was moving. People were being filled with the Holy Spirit and all this stuff is happening. This isn't some Old Testament thing. So what I'm saying is when we are accepting of pretense, when we know that it is, we are, we are now in agreement with that. You see how quickly Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus was not going to have any connection. In other words, he wasn't going to have this conversation with the devil about his him being comfortable and not dying on the cross. Right? Do you also have to understand people who are being influenced to do this are not trying to hurt you. In their the, the sale to them is they're trying to make sure not, that you're fine, that you're okay. Is that what Peter was doing? You know, like, no, this shall not happen to you. I will protect you. You see, he was just—he loved Jesus, and he wanted. So the devil used Peter's love for Jesus to come in and, and have Peter influence Jesus to not do his assignment. You see how this works? So we're not looking at the people themselves to say they're evil. We're looking at them being used by the devil and not accepting the usage. If that makes sense. So this is why I said you have to separate the emotion of a relationship and your belief system from each other so they don't mix. So what that does, it allows you to still walk in love. See, if if walking in love is attached to your emotional feelings, you're going to feel guilty when you have to do these things because you're going to feel like you don't love the person, but that's not the truth if you don't allow them to do this and you be the person they use, that is love. That's what love is. That is what biblical love is. To not allow someone to be used by the devil. Right? Again, this is all being led by the Holy Spirit. You remember Paul, when the lady walked behind him for a couple of days before he turned around and rebuked her, that's when the Holy Spirit moved on him to do it. We're working with the Holy Spirit. We're working for the Holy Spirit. You know, we're working for the kingdom of God. So so we don't just do... It's not a formula. It is a listening to the Holy Ghost. Because, remember, the people that are being influenced by the enemy may also be... God may also be talking to them to help them. So we have to consider the... the um, the long suffering and God showing mercy. But in the meantime, the key for us is not to follow the instruction. This is the key. Right? We don't have to try to change them. We just simply need to say, No, that's not for me. Right. If that makes sense. You understand? They, you just say, No, that's not for me. So now you've cut yourself off from participating in whatever it is that's a pretense. Does that make sense? So, okay. Another verse is Matthew 23:14, and it says, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees! Boy, they were they were a team, team effort. Scribes and Pharisees, <laughs> pretenders, hip, hypocrites. For you swallow up widows' houses, and for a pretense." To cover it up, make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation and the heavier sentence. This is associated with pretense, folks. There's actually a consequence for the people who do this. Right. So I don't ever want to be caught up in this. You know, throughout my life, like in different things I've done and and being a leader in different areas, even in the secular world and in the church world, people will want to do um, great acts, you know, of help for whoever I was in charge. You know, if it's my staff, if it's for the orphanage, the kids at the orphanage, you know, they want to donate, they want to help, they want to be this and all that. And then in response, so, so that now in their minds, because I've accept, because they've done this, this work, this great deed, they think that they could now control things, either control the, the work itself, control the children, tell them what to do or do all this. And when I cut them off, it's a shock. But I say to people, the children aren't for sale. These aren't my children to sell. I wouldn't sell my kids anyway. These are God's children that I'm responsible to take care of. And I wouldn't let you come in and donate something and think that you could now tell them what to do. No, I am the one that tells them what to do as far as the, the, you know, their um, disciplinary actions and things like that. You don't have any jurisdiction there. You have, you've been given no permission to do that. You see? So these are some of the things. But see, but I was kind to them. I can be kind to them, but see, I'm nice to them when they're giving the gifts. I'm doing all these things, and so they think they have me. This is how the devil works. He always comes in with a big action and thinks he's hooked you, but I, I'm not hookable. There's nothing on me you can hook. I will cut you off like that in a second and then talk to you like normal, like it's okay. But but that thing you can't touch. You have no permission to touch it. You see, You see what I'm saying? So, and that's what Jesus did, right? He cast out demons out of people and he still talked to the Pharisees who he called their father was the father of lies, right? So he was talking to children of the person whose demons he cast out. See, he's talking to them. (laughs) Do you see how this works? But he never let his authority go and he never allowed the people that he that followed him that he ministered to, he never allowed them to be pawns in his ministry to build him up. No, it's the Holy Ghost that builds us up. So, if you understand the Holy Ghost is the one that brings you up in status, that builds you up, that gives you your identity, you won't ever be bothered with whether somebody likes you or not because our likability. The truth be told has a lot to do with the light of God in us. We couldn't turn that light on if we tried for a million years. It has to be turned on by God. So you can't be afraid of losing people because you have put up a standard. That's the key. If somebody stays away from you in a relationship, there's a good reason why, and it's not because you're mean. It's because they can't handle the light and you have to be able to live with that. The the scribes and Pharisees were never Jesus's buddies. As a matter of fact, they were the ones plotting to kill him on the side with one of his disciples. And Jesus knew it the whole time. But you see the Holy Spirit it wasn't time yet for Judas to be exposed. Again, you got to listen to the Holy Ghost. But he would never take instructions from Judas. Do you remember how Judas was telling him what he should have done with the money? And Judas is a treasurer. Jesus never took instructions from him and told him what he was really thinking about the subject. But he still kept him on as a disciple. You see, Jesus separated his belief system from his emotions. He didn't make two. And he could do what he had to do. And be free and clear. and, And the Bible tells us that Jesus never sinned. Never did he sin in all these things that he did. He called these Pharisees whitewashed tombstone, brood of vipers. He never sinned. The Bible said he never sinned. Right. Right? The world has conditioned us that we have to accommodate people's point of view. Accommodate it. That's what the world has done. This is what politically correct is. You have to accommodate it. And you have to decide what your belief system is and whether or not you want to accommodate it. Because I can guarantee you, they're not accommodating your belief system. (laughs) And they're pretty loud about it. So it's time that we get some cheerleaders that accommodate God's belief system in us and stop being so silent about the whole thing. But let the Holy Ghost use you. Let him speak up in you and don't be apologetic about it. He can shift an atmosphere in a minute. It's not a minute, in a second. The Holy Ghost in you can shift an atmosphere. I've seen this happen in my own life. Stand up in a meeting, I'm the lowest level. I've told you a story before, stood up and said, I can't stand this. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? Your language. Until you start speaking English, there's no need for me to be here. I'm the lowest level in the whole room. Everybody else is above me by, by leaps and bounds. And you know what they all did? They all shifted their conversation to regular English words, who knew it? They had it in them the whole time. Yeah. And then they all started thanking me because they've wanted to do it for a long time and didn't know how to do it. In a mini second, they shifted. Mm -hmm. I was still able to serve them. I was the best thing they ever saw since sliced bread. I could do things nobody ever did. I could still function all those capacities after that has occurred. I didn't have to go hide anywhere. That's the other thing. Don't try to hide when you have to confront. That's intimidation. Let your no be no and let your yes be yes. The Bible tells us that, right? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Period. And it's done. No, I don't want to do that. Thanks for for even considering me. Now, how was your day? Right? People will always have thoughts about you. And if you don't want them to think badly about you, then stop agreeing with it in your thoughts yourself. Because if you are thinking bad about yourself about something and you don't want them to think bad, you are now pretending. Right? And the devil will work in an atmosphere of deception every time. All right. Matthew 23. 28, so that's the same chapter, Matthew 23, this is verse 28, just so you also outwardly seem to people to be just and upright, but inside you are full of pretense, and lawlessness, and iniquity, well look in there, and this is Jesus telling people about themselves, right, in public. It didn't like he pulled. You know, that's the other thing. People think you have to pull people aside to correct them. Where did that model come from? Where did that model come from? It didn't come from Jesus or God. We know God's in the garden going, Adam, where art thou? He wasn't like, let's get Adam and Eve in, together. Let's go find a private place. We know it's just animals, but the animals understood what they were saying. Right. So let's get them away from the group so that we could, you know, talk. No, no, no. God was like, why are you? Ha-? Or Who told you you were naked? This wasn't a fa- Adam was calling from wherever he was hiding. I was I'm hiding because I'm afraid. And Jesus and God said, who told you you were naked? He said, I'm hiding because I'm naked. Do you understand? This is a conversation across the garden. <laughs> that was the first corrective move in the bible it was a big old all the animals the trees everything the sun the moon as a matter of fact in deuteronomy 30:19, the bible god actually set the the heaven and earth as our witness he has ears on them and eyes to see what we do it's very public so whenever there has to be this private discussion of stuff, it's one thing to have to privately tell us stuff. That's fine. I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to broadcast your whole life story. I have sinned! You know, and go on and on. But my point is, we don't have to do the model of the world because that is the proper thing to do. If the Holy Spirit said, Peter from the pulpit, you know, it's funny. And I still have this image in my head. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. When I was a little girl, my dad, uh, you know, was the pastor of the church. Every church I, I went to when I was a little girl, my dad was pastor. So, but at the Norton Street Church, which was one of the biggest churches at pastor, and the one that was most impactful to me because of the age I was. It was like the age I was growing up in, like Josiah's age and stuff. <laughs> and so my dad would play the guitar with the worship team because he loved to play the guitar, electric guitar. So he would be um, sitting at the chair, you know, and so when Grace and I, my sister and I, when we would be get loud, like he would know, like we're giving my mom a hard time. I don't remember what we would do, but we would be like really in the back with mom, giving her a hard time, like we be running away, doing all kinds of stuff. And so I'll, and then we would look and my dad's glasses would fall, you know, would be down here and he would go. And we're like, okay, <laughs> I think we better shave up. So when I read this thing about Peter because remember the service had started and they start they had walked in you know when you read it in my mind I see Peter sitting on a chair with a guitar this is how I see Peter and they come in during the worship service right and he looks and he looks and says <sighs> Why are you lying? You know, like that's how I see this vision of what happened in the church, you know. The music is playing, the people are singing, and then all of a sudden he says to these people in the middle of everything, Why are you lying to the holy Ghost? boom? You know. And they must have kept on with the service. People just left because the wife came in and she didn't know any, she didn't notice anything different. Nothing stopped. Everything kept going like it was. And then he says to her, you know, and then he stopped and so the whole time I see my dad, you know, the glasses down and all these quiet But but that was a very public thing, wasn't it? What Peter did was extremely public. And so we have to be careful when we create models that they're not modeled after the world because that would be a model of pretense. Sometimes your corrective actions is necessary publicly because everybody else that the devil would have used or tried to trap with that same thing has just been alerted to it. So they would think twice about it. You see, when you do things, when the Holy Ghost tells you to do things the way he tells you to do it, it is always to bring the best results. It's not to embarrass. It's not to make worse. It is to bring the best results, and we have to know this. We have to remember this, we have to honor it, and we have to fulfill it. We can't just say, oh yeah, that's a good idea, thanks, and then do whatever you want to do. Well, then you're doing it on your own. That's when it gets messed up. <laughs> Luke twenty forty-seven: Who make a way with and devour widows' houses and to cover it up with pretense make long prayers is the same thing in Luke they will receive the greater condemnation the heavier sentence the severe punishment i mean this is pretty this is pretty serious stuff here 1 corinthians 129 so that no mortal man should have pretense for glorying and boast in the presence of god this is talking about um, the giving God the glory so that mortal man doesn't get the glory because that when we take the glory for something, it is a pretense like we like it's our power it ain't our power it's the Holy Ghost power in us you know when you start if you start thinking you know about your power and your ability and stuff, you have to put in there the thought, well, do I want to operate like a heathen because that's exactly how a heathen would operate, then I better become an expert in my own strength because that's what I need to do to be a heathen. <laughs> There's some self-talk for you. <laughs> but if <laughs> you want to be utilized by the Holy Ghost, you have to give room for the Holy Spirit to empower you so he gets the glory. At the, at the uh, Galatians 2.13 is the next one. And it talks about stuff there. I'll let you read that. Um, okay, here's a different twist to pretense, Philippians 118. And it talks about, but well, what does it matter? This is where this is Philippians 118, where they were starting to have a little bit of the disciples. they were having a little um, conversation about some people are pretending um, for personal things to share the gospel and stuff. And this is where it's being told, like, you know what, even if they're pretending or whatever, as long as the gospel is being shared, but you don't bother with it. Like, if people are getting saved, let God be the one to, to let that work out itself in the end. You know what I'm saying? So read that. That's a different thing where it's literally accepted but in a conditional way. So read that, that's in the Amplified, Philippians 1.18. Um, Psalm 31.6 pow- in the Passion Translation, it says, I despise these deceptive illusions, all this pretense and nonsense for I worship only you. And this was talking about a whole bunch of people were coming up with a bunch of ways to worship and all this stuff. And this was the psalmist saying, I despise these things. All this pretense of worship. So this is a real, true worshiper who couldn't stand when people were pretending. Right? Now, I want us to go to this passage. We're going to read a lot of the verses in it. And we're going to spend the rest of the time on this. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 5 to twenty one. Second Corinthians eleven, five to twenty one. And I'm gonna see if I can pull it up in here. My iPad is pretty low in its second Corinthians eleven five. Ha <laughs> Okay, this is the passion translation, which I, okay, this is so funny. This is what Paul sounds like when he's ticked off, just so you're aware. And it's entitled, Super Apostles, question mark. So 2 Corinthians 11, 5, it says, Now, I believe that I am not inferior in any way to these special super apostles. You are Attracted to for although I may not be a polished or eloquent speaker i 'm certainly not an amateur in revelation knowledge indeed, we have demonstrated this to you time and time again. have I commanded a, have I committed a sin by degrading myself to dignify you? was I wrong to preach the gospel of God to you free of charge I received Ample financial support from other churches just just so that I could freely serve you. Remember, when I was with you, I didn't bother anyone when I needed money. For my needs were always supplied by my Macedonian friends. So I was careful and will continue to be careful that I never become a burden to you in any way. Now see, another thing to note, there's always a gift tied a pretense so that you feel obligated. Whatever a gift would be to you, it could be money, it could be time given to you, it could be a listening ear given to you, it could be that they were helpful to you in a hard time. You know, there's always a gift like an obligatory, you owe me type of a thing. Yep. Right? Okay. As the reality of christ lives within me my glad uh my glad boast of offering the gospel of offering the gospel free and charge will not be silenced throughout the region of acacia why it is because i have no love for you is it because i have no love for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> God shows how much I love you. God knows how much I love you. But in order to eliminate the opportunity for those super apostles to boast that that their ministry is on the same level as ours, I will continue this practice. For they are not true apostles, but deceitful ministers who masquerade as special apostles of the anointed one. That doesn't surprise us, for even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. So it is no wonder his servants also go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness. But in the end, they will be exposed and get exactly what they deserve. So Paul was pointing out pretenders who were pretending to be operating under the anointing of God, but they were not. And they were behaving like the deceiver who appears to be an angel of light. Okay? He keeps going on. Paul speaks as a fool. So here's what Paul says. So I repeat, let no one think that I'm a fool. (laughs) But if you do, at, at least show me the patience you would show a fool so that I too may boast a little. (laughs) He was ticked off. Of course, what I'm about to tell you is not with the Lord's authority, but as a fool. For since many love to boast about their worldly achievements, allow me the opportunity to join them. (laughs) And since you are so smart and so wise to gladly put up with the foolishness of others, now put up with mine. (laughs) I love this. You actually allow these imposters to put you into bondage, take complete advantage of you, and rob you blind. How exactly you endure those who in their arrogance destroy your dignity or even slap you in the face, I must admit to our shame that we were, were too weak to relate to you the way they do. <laughs> But now let me dare to boast like a fool. And then he goes on to say about all his accomplishments and all the things he's done. Because one of the things about pretentious people that are trying to control you is to put somebody else down so they can look better. That is one of the actions they would do. So they have to make a sale. They have to make a sale to convince you, to jump ship, so to speak, or to shift your, um, your, what do you call it, your loyalty, shift your loyalty, so that you, see, this is great, okay, in the body of Christ, nobody has to try to get somebody to like them more than the other, because everybody is supposed to be liking God more than everybody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So a vying for special attention, something's wrong. There's something wrong here. Like jealousy of any type, something is wrong. So if people are trying to pit one against the other, that's jealousy. That's vying for position. Something is wrong. That's when you start putting out the thing. Okay, something is not right here. It is abnormal for, for, it's abnormal, it shouldn't be, but it is in the body of Christ, but it should not be. It's abnormal for someone to release somebody without putting up a fight. And people get offended when you do that, even though they just told you that's what they want to do. And you say, okay. You gave them everything they just said they wanted. But really, that's not what they wanted, is it? No. No. They wanted you to convince them of why they should not leave you for something else. But that's not God's house. That's not how God's house is run. It's a free thing, free will. So if somebody says, the Lord told me this, as soon as somebody comes to us and says, the Lord told me that I should leave and do this, we're like, okay, thank you for letting us know. And then they get upset. If you were going to lead what the Lord told me, why would we say something otherwise? We won't tell you, oh, well, you would need to really decide if God said no. You have heard Almighty God. We won't tell you anything else. You see? Now, if we have a relationship with you where we know you well and we see that you're literally going to jump in the fire here. We may venture out a little bit to see if we still have a little bit of influence to at least lead you in the right path. But if you do insist, we will not deny you the opportunity (laughs) that you so gleefully think is yours. (laughs) But here's here's the other part. When you come back, if you choose to do that, which some people have, we don't rub it in your face either. See, this is how you separate the emotion of a relationship to your belief system. So if your belief system says, well, if they rejected me, I have to reject them, then you can't do that. And that's not a love belief system. So the love belief system is free. You know, the best way to do the love walk, if you could remember this and think of things this way, the best way to understand the love walk is free will, (coughs) excuse me, free will, if you could just understand, have the Holy Spirit teach you and show you the, the, the deepness and the depth of free will, you will, you will be able to handle growing and maturing in the love walk and never feeling guilty about things that you have to do when it comes to relationships and don't feel like you can't take somebody back into your life or be in their presence after you've had to tell them no or or have them reject you or whatever. And then the best way for that to happen is when they're in your presence, they don't feel guilty about what they did to you. Now, because of you, like if they feel guilty on their own, you can't do anything about that. But there should be nothing in you. To, to like when they pick up on it, when every time they come, you know, they feel like you could feel it. Well, there should be an air feel. should just be clear. You know what I'm saying? And if somebody wants to tell you how they feel about you, like they, they're mad at you or they're scared of you or they don't like you or whatever, you, okay, thank you. What makes that? Wow, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Don't get offended. <laughs> because then people can't come tell you the truth. They'll be scared for their life. I don't want to tell her. They're already scared of you. That's the problem. They're scared of you. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be scary, truthful, allow people to come tell you you're scaring them because we don't know what you're going to tell us in public, (laughs) out loud, in front of everybody. You know, like, as you are, the Bible says we're to be conformed more to God. Like, we're supposed to be conforming more to him. Than to the world, so that means it's going to be a level of scared that when people are around you, they don't know if you're going to like call something out. Uh, I was listening to past to Brother Hagen, and he was saying, you know, uh, that he was at church ministering and he called this lady up, and, and the Holy Spirit was telling him that this lady was doing something or whatever, whatever, and so he was telling her, right, and so. Uh, He saw this other lady or somebody back there, and they're looking, and they're like, yeah, you know. And so after the service, the lady comes up to him and says, you know, I don't know why you didn't call out the guy that was right behind her, because he was doing the same thing, and why didn't you call him out and you call her out? And he goes, well, first of all, lady... Yeah. It was something to that effect, but he was explaining, the Holy Spirit didn't tell me about the guy behind her and his whatever his problem was. He told me about her. It's none of my business about the guy behind her because the Holy Ghost didn't want me to know about it, so he didn't tell me about it. And you, you should probably do the same. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you, even if you know something about somebody and, the, and it's not time yet to address it, don't do it because you have to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. This is what will help us women not become busybodies. You know the Bible talks about women who are busybodies, going around to everybody's house talking about No, this is how you don't be a busybody. You don't go solving everybody's problems because you see there's a problem. (laughs) You could be the problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying. If you see a problem, if you see a problem, like the act of a problem occurring, you could pray for the person. Because they might honestly be convinced that what they're doing is the, is the right thing. That means their belief system is messed up. So, deception's in their camp. So, pray that the eyes of their understanding will be opened, that they will be flooded with light, they will be enlightened. The prayers, you know, in Ephesians and stuff and Colossians, that's what you want to pray. But if the Holy Spirit pulls it, you know, and that is a very thin area because you're not sure if it's the Holy Ghost telling you or if it's what you already know. But when the Holy Spirit is going to tell you something, he'll usually attach a solution to it versus you just knowing that about the person. Does that make sense? So that's how you, you, you want to look at everybody as a free will person, but you're longing to help them. But your longing can't be manipulative and conditional and all these things. You have guidelines so people don't take advantage of you, but it can't be at their expense and, and not your restraint. Let's put it that way. You, you need to be able to leave things hanging Until the other person is ready to fix it. And you have to be okay with your life while they're hanging open. Because it was their decision. That's why the Lord allows us to pray for people. So we can at least pray for them. But you can't stop your life because theirs isn't fixed. And you can't try to fix theirs so yours could move on. Do you see the trap there? It's a trap. All right, so you should be ticked off at pretense. That was my point of reading Paul's thing. When there's pretense around, you should be ticked off. Like you should be, it should, it should um, irk you. <laughs> it should irritate your spirit. Sometimes I get irritated. Like I'm just irritated. Not, nobody did anything to me. I'm just irritated, right? And then I'd be like, Lord, why am I irritated? And he'll tell me, he'll say, look who just entered. I'll say, okay, it's what they're carrying. Oh, okay, well then at least I know why I'm irritated. And it has to do with a presence, not even the person, but it's what was attached to them or whatever, wherever they were, whatever is around them. And then I could take care of it in the spirit realm. They don't even have to know that they ticked me off (laughs) without doing anything. Do you see? So sometimes if you get irritated, you might be getting more sensitive to the spirit realm, you know, and things are, you're starting to pick up on stuff. So don't take it on to the people around you. Try to stop and say, God, uh, why am I so irritated? And then let, because this is all us learning. You understand what I'm saying? Before I figured this out, I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) And then I go, you know, it might actually be in the spirit realm that I'm irritated about something. So, you know, like you could go into places. You could go into a store and drive into an area and just get irritated. And you have no idea why. It could be that you're picking up on something that's going on in that area that's ungodly. And it just. And then if you don't know this and you don't learn what to do with it. See, the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us things. First, he's got to make you aware of something. That's the first step. But you can't just take it from there. You have no clue what to do with it now that you're aware. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to say, Holy Spirit, teach me. What, what, what do I do with what I just figured out here? And that's your lesson. He's our teacher, isn't he? But again, it's free will. He is not going to force you and manipulate you to learn something. Never, ever, ever. Okay? It would be just so easy if you just say, Holy Spirit, you are my perpetual, forever, lifelong teacher. I accept all your lessons. Just tell me when they've started in case I'm sleeping. (laughs) If I'm sleeping on the lesson, wake me up. Tell me this is a lesson. Be alert. Learn something. You know what I'm saying? You could have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. So Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 in the Passion Translation. And so I'm telling you about how, you know, Paul was ticked off. And we see here. You guys know this verse, but we'll read it in the Passion, where um, God is ticked off at certain things, right? 16 to 19. Seven things God hates. There are six evils God truly hates, and a seventh that is an abomination to him. Putting others down. While considering yourself, yourself superior, this is that competition thing, right? So Paul was putting these people in their place from doing this action, and so he didn't just go around telling people all his um, accolades. But when it was going to benefit the body of Christ and God's kingdom, he did it. So in other words, when the when the, apo- the super apostles Whose empowerment was coming from the pretend light were showing up like they were better than God's people, God's apostles. Paul put them in their place with his qualifications. And that was not making himself better than somebody, it was saying exactly who he was the real, the reality of who he was on what he has accomplished. you understand? To show that God's kingdom doesn't have weaklings and dull, unintelligent people. That's why he was doing it. you understand? So there's a place and a time to put people in their place just to shut the enemy's mouth up. That no, 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 no. God doesn't just work with weak, stupid people. As a matter of fact, that would qualify every human on the planet. But what he does, he makes us look good, and these are the things we have accomplished. Thank you very much. Right. So that in itself will shut the mouth of the of the uh, pretenders that are pretending that people should follow them because they're better. See, the people that the fish that we're trying to pull in here, the net and all this, they don't understand all this yet. They're still looking at the outward appearance because man looks at the outward appearance. It's God that looks at the heart. Right. So we're not trying to attract God here. We're trying to do work for his kingdom where people are the things that we're trying to attract. So when you are up against someone who's pretending to be for God and all they're doing is trying to pull the people in and then they'll manipulate them, deceive them and have them do works for evil... And you're over here, and you just want to be humble and low and not, no, that's wrong. You're allowing pretenders to carry on against you. They're using your reputation, because your, that's what they're doing with Paul. So they're using your apparent lack of intelligence and all this stuff to, to sell to these people to go to them. Well, that's when it's on. <laughs> Paul's like, let me tell you, it's on. You see what I'm saying? So this is why you're led by the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to go around saying, oh, poor me, I'm nothing. No, I don't go around telling people all my educational, uh, you know, accomplishments and all the things, books I've written and all this stuff. But if somebody is showing up pretending to be some holier-than-thou person and all they do is pure evil, I will tell it like I will tell you everything. I'll read my book out loud to you from my head. I'll preach all of it. You understand what I'm saying? Because... You're putting the devil in his place with the word of God coming out of you from the accomplishments he's allowed you to do. Yes. Right? Remember, people always point to, well, Jesus was silent. You know why he was silent? Because he had to die. <laughs> he, if he had kept talking, they would have, tur- they would have figured it out. <laughs> so he closed his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. <laughs> That was the—that's the job in the moment. He had to shut his mouth. So he, because remember when they said they were looking for Jesus and he said, "I am," the whole army fell out. Well, if he kept talking, what was going to be happening all day long? They'd have to revive all these people all day long. Do you, so there is a—it's not a one-stop shop thing. We got to flow with the Holy Ghost. So our mindset has to be changed to accommodate it. So if you have a mindset that if you say one accomplishment you've done, that's pride, that's a lie. Because think about it, you're opposite pretending. You're pretending that you don't have any of these qualifications (laughs) when in fact you do. That's a lie in itself. (laughs) You see? Opposite pretending. Okay. Um, The next one he hates. Is spreading lies and rumors, spilling the blood of the innocent right there, plotting evil in your heart towards another, gloating over doing what, what's plainly wrong. So rejoicing in error is just God hates. Um, spouting lies and false testimony and stirring up strife between friends. These are entirely despicable to God. And then it goes on about obedience to fathers. Right? So, the, in Genesis nine, you can write that down. This is when um, Ishmael was mocking um, Isaac. When the natural child was mocking the promised child. Genesis 21.9. And this is where you see how a pretender will always want to put you down. And put people down. And put God's kingdom down. Think about when somebody is speaking evil about someone who's doing work for the kingdom of God. They are coming against God. That's what. You remember when uh, Paul, who was Saul, was arrested on the road? The Lord didn't say, Paul, Saul, why are you going around jailing these people? He said, why are you persecuting me? And that arrested him like, what? You see, and then he gave him an to me. You got three days. Decide whose side you want to be on. Here's what's going to happen to you if you come on my side. <laughs> you see? So... When there's a mocking, when there's a person, there's a time where it happens, where he's. But look how many people he already had done things to, and God never, st- you know, came to him and said, "Hey, what?" Right? There was a timing to this, and we have to be led by the Holy Ghost. Okay? Then uh, the last thing is Genesis 16:4, where Hagar was mocking Sarah when she got pregnant, when when Hagar got pregnant. Right. So, again, um, we each have a promise that we were created to have. So like Abraham's promise, Abraham and Sarah's promise was his promised child for Abraham to be the father of many nations and all this. Right. So each of us, the plan of God for our lives that were already written is not dull, like Psalm 139 tells us, there's already a book written about, in that book contains promises that are individual for us, not just corporate. Individual exploits we're supposed to do. And Daniel talks about those who know their God, you know, will do exploits. So the the first thing is to know God for real, and take away the pretentious conversations around you. They can still be pretenders if they want to, but you don't have to be part of it. This is my whole point in today. Don't allow pretense to come into your atmosphere and thrive. Like, I get so many inbox requests. Sometimes I feel like I'm a prayer line, you know? those. Call the one 800 for prayer. I, I'm not offended by it or, or, like, too busy for it. I just, it's, it, I'm in awe of it because uh, most of the people are, are genuine church-going people, like, from all over the country and sometimes the world. But they ask me for specific things, to pray with them about specific things. And I know this, most of those things has have to do with a standard of something, like a no-nonsense thing. You know what I'm saying? Like a non-beat-around-the-bush thing, like we got to get this. Thing. And then I'll, I'll hear results. Sometimes they forget to tell me their response, but I'll see their response on Facebook, how great life is and how wonderful everything is going on. <laughs> but my point is, you have to be known for something. And if you're going to be known for something, let it be something that, that you're using the power of God to produce. If that makes sense. You understand? So when these people are sending prayer requests to me, it, it, it's, prayer requ- it's God's power they just happen to think when I activate whatever I work with with God, they get results. So they ask me for this specific thing. You understand what I'm saying? So it's well they're well aware it's God's power. But if I am wishy-washy about it, then it'll be like, "Well, you know, I don't know why God answers my prayers, but I'll try." Like who wants that? <laughs> Do you know thing. Like, think about you called a brain surgeon, and you're like, well, they say I'm the best. I'll try my best. But like, no, let's just reschedule. Thank you. Somebody else, please. You know? You, you, you know? What's that commercial about it's, like, almost good or something? I forgot what it was, but it was a perfect commercial where, like, you don't want some... Obviously, it wasn't a good commercial because I don't know what the product was. <laughs> 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 the point of it was... <laughs> You want to make sure somebody knows what they're doing, not just like they kind of do. It's a bad commercial. I don't even know what the product was. That's terrible. Anyway, <laughs> if you're watching and you know the commercial, you could write them and tell them that was not a good commercial because I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But my whole thing is you have to be known for something, right, and, and develop the thing you're known for. And, and if you don't know what it is, think of when you were a child what you got scolded for because society wouldn't accept it what you were put pressed down to become from what you were. Like, think about these things. A lot of it had to do with what you have in you that was supposed to be developed, but it never got developed because you had to be a pretender, you know? That's why I'm careful with Josiah, because I'm like, you know, gosh, the deals this kid is gonna make, but for right now, you know, I just wanna go to bed. <laughs> I don't necessarily wanna be up at midnight discussing all these things. <laughs> But he'll be the guy who closes a deal like one minute before midnight. And it'll be the most solid deal you've ever seen in your life. But, you know, for now, we got to live with him in this condition and train him. You know, it's just like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> but my point is, all pretense gone. Separate the belief, your belief system from your emotions in every relationship. Let people know that about you. Start Start doing it so that they don't get shocked and, you know, have a heart attack or something. You know, let the Holy Spirit lead you on the layers of questions to ask or the layers of statements to make, when to make it, how to make it, and watch what will happen in your individual identity that you will be shocked. People, you will be known for specific things, you know? I mean, people know me for stuff. Like, I, before I knew I was for stuff, they just knew I was for stuff. So, I had somebody tell me one time, you're just, you're very black and white. Said, now in society, that's a very, that's not good. They don't want people who are black and white. I said, but you know, in the kingdom, that works good. <laughs> Thank you for that compliment. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to identify where you want your identity to, to be. Um, to be foundationed. Right? And when you go out in the world system, God will make you look so good because it's the anointing in you that will be attractive. You understand? You don't have to, you don't have to play both sides. Pick a side and grow in it, and that, pick God's side. That's, you know, I choose before your life and death. I would that you choose life. I'm, you know, it's an open book test here. Pick God's side and you will shine no matter where you go. People will be looking for you for stuff. They'll be hunting you down. Stop the competition. Stop the vying for position or I did it. When you don't get credit, don't worry about it. Doug and I were talking about this today. I don't know what we were talking about. But God keeps, oh, we were talking about um, errors in IRS filings and stuff. I'm like, you know what, God, I want angels to go in there and file paperwork for me I don't even know need to be filed and let the IRS send me money I don't even know they owe me. I just, I just said it out loud today. I have no idea why, but that's why I said it out loud today. I'm like, you know what, I think it's time for that. I bet you they owe me money I don't even know they owe me. So I'm like, angels can do paperwork. I'm like, you know, angels can do paperwork. Then we go down this street. I said, they keep really good records. Angels are amazing record keepers. So they always have a record. So you just have to call the record when the Holy Spirit says, call to the record now this thing. You call it. Let your belief system understand this stuff. When you spend your time doing this kind of thinking, you ain't got time to think about what people think about you. <laughs> Honestly. You don't have to think, oh, I don't want to tell them this. But, no. You know how people think like some people are more confrontational than others? That's not the truth. Some people just have a better identity about who they are than others. I've seen totally non-confrontational people become completely confrontational. And it's not that they're being mean or aggressive. It's that they just know who they are and they just don't take the stuff that other people want to tell them they are. That's it. It has nothing to do with a personality. Zero to do with a personality. Zero. Zip. Nothing to do with a personality. You know? so you have to develop yourself that you're thinking about what what does god know about me that i'm blinded to think those thoughts the bible says he's got thoughts about us that he can't even write down if god think about god has so many thoughts about us that he don't have places to write them down enough about one person on this one you and me god god of the universe <laughs> have so many heavy, good thoughts, not heavy, bad thoughts about us, that he doesn't have time, like there's not enough time, and ink in the ocean, and all this stuff to write it down, and we're here thinking God thinks bad stuff about us. Like seriously, it ain't God that's thinking bad about us. It's the enemy, and he's told people to tell us things that God thinks about us. Like how messed up is that, (laughs) right? But because of who it comes from, we stop and we listen. And that was the plan the whole time. So you forfeit your uh, purpose before you even do it. You didn't even do anything to do with your purpose, but you forfeited it with your mouth. That's what he was trying to get Jesus to through, through Peter. And Jesus addressed him as Satan. Get thee behind me. Think about it. <laughs> so you just have to stand up for what you believe. And that is your belief system. And fix your belief system because that's what you're standing up on. Don't be. I mean, you guys, those who are close to me have heard me do this outward argument about when people are doing things to me or when things aren't going. I you've heard this whole conversation. And then it's over. And then you're like, oh, well, I thought she didn't like my professor. If you ever see this professor, you know, sorry, the chair of my desk. I mean, we're buddies. Like he gives me, he writes sentences for me. I just copy and paste them. But it started off in a very, very bad way where he told me you're, what you're saying is not true, that these two things are the exact same. I said, well, that's the whole point. It is not the same. And, and I said, Lord, you know, I could do about anything. I could write about this. I just want to get this over with. He says, no, I want you to write about this subject cause, because of that specific thing he said. That's a lie. They all believe the same thing. I went, oh, well, then fine. It's on. So then I took it all the way up to the chair of the entire school for that department in one email. Didn't even bother to go through nobody else because there was nobody else to go. I don't know who to go through. And they're defending the person. I thought, you know, they have no idea what they're saying. They they think, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So I copied and pasted word for word the exact comment and put it there and said, maybe my English might be a little bit, little. maybe I don't understand English well. Explain this to me then. And the, the I never heard back from the head of the department, but all of a sudden, my chair was the nicest person you've ever met. (laughs) And it's been that way ever since. And I never rubbed it in their face that they were wrong and I was right. And never, you know, it's over. Like the point is, the whole thing of all this was that God wants this subject to be explored and set in its right thing again. And what has happened to it, it's been abandoned for one thing, and it's been murfed into something and mixed in and, and lost its purity. So that's what I'm doing. And we have a good working relationship now. And that's what God, you know, say, so I, if I had couldn't separate the two, I would have this thing against him every time and be like, oh, he's just trying to hurt me when he makes a comment. No, I'm like thankful. Thank you, Lord. The man can rearrange a sentence for me. <laughs> because I don't know what I'm writing about on <laughs> some of these things. But see, this is how we don't lose the benefit of having relationships, even if they're ungodly, but you cannot get sucked into what they believe and what the plan of the enemy is through them. You understand? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We give you praise and honor and glory. I thank you, Lord, that we will stand strong in you on the side of your kingdom, and the Holy Spirit, you will continue to lead, guide, and direct us. And show us the things that we need to know, um, the, the timing of when we need to speak, when we need to call things out, when we need to just let it go and pray for the person. So, Father, I just speak over us, over the audience today, whenever this is heard, that there will be a grace, an empowerment of grace from you, Holy Spirit, to do these things that we're learning to do, that we're learning about, that we're growing in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.